Welcome to Six Pack Discussions, where Cody and Jared take on the biggest, most talked about headlines with logic, passion, and a six pack of beer. If you're listening, we challenge you to take an unbiased view of the world, as we know these conversations are complicated. So sit down, crack a beer, and welcome a new perspective. Okay, guys, we are coming in with a new episode from Six Pack Discussions here. You got Cody and Jared, as you're probably used to by now. Once or twice. Yeah. What are we on? Like, man, episode six? We're glad to be 60 in the 60s so. now, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Jerry, what do we drink today? You picked this one out. Yeah, man. Uh, today we're drinking Phoenix Beer Company's Arizona Gold. Have you ever had this before? I've not, dude. Honestly, the can got me. It's kind of like a, a yeah. cool little interpretation of Arizona's flag on it. 100%. Yeah, we'll talk about it in a little bit. Um, today's episode, hopefully we're on the same page. Oh, shoot. We didn't talk about it before we recorded. Uh-uh. Hopefully we're on We've the same page. We've only done that once, though, so I, I think know. we're good. Uh, we're going to be talking EVs? about EVs. Okay. <laughs> You're like, am I supposed to say it? Out loud <laughs> I'm, I'm at least going to get the uh, the bargaining power. And what we mean by EVs, guys, is electric vehicles. Um, really, you know, are electric, uh, electric vehicles good for the environment or is it kind of a little bit of a marketing gimmick um, yep. by the big companies? Because I don't know if you noticed, but in the news specifically, it has been massive. There's been a huge push. All from you know, kind of all hands on deck by the big companies, by big government agencies. I was just saying, you know, entire uh, states declaring exactly. Yeah, so all hands on deck right now, pushing towards EVs more so than what I think we're used to um, in past. And so, you know, is it big corporation marketing kind of pushing this, or is it actually people are wanting electric vehicles because either they're nicer? Or they're better for the environment. What's kind of making this is happen? It a, is it just a status symbol? Yeah, exactly. Um, so one of the things that Cody and I are going to try to think about or really try to talk about today is what we have to break this down is is almost over the lifetime of the vehicle that you own, right? So it's not just about the battery consumption. It's not just about the, the greenhouse gases that are emitted upon use. I mean, it's literally the entire life cycle of the car. Would you say that's fair that we, we got to talk holistically? We just can't talk about, you know, little myopic parts. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. I think a lot of people look at, you know, straight out, you know, if you took a car and you put it in like a, a, a sealed room, right? A, a conventional gas burning car and you put it into like a sealed room and you let it run and then you, and then you did like a measurement of how much CO2 um, there would be, let's just say there was like five kilograms of CO2 in the air. Now, if you put an electric vehicle in that room, how much would be in the room after it's been running the same amount of time? Mm-hmm. Zero. Mm-hmm. And, and so you look at it, that kind of idea, it's like, oh, well, of course the electric vehicle is better. And so one of the things that we're going to probably chat about is, is what goes into making electric vehicles versus a gas conventional vehicle. Um, also, we have to talk about a little bit, um, I didn't go too big into a rabbit hole, but um, we're going to be talking a little bit about the electric grid and as far as what supports that, oh, um, yeah. you know, whether it's coal, whether it's diesel, whether it's um, natural gas, whether it's solar, wind, et cetera, right? So we have to talk about the electric grid, where we're going to be pulling our electricity from, because as you can imagine, where the electricity is pulled from drastically impacts its its carbon footprint holistically. Would you agree? hundred yeah. percent. Um, you know, in, in some areas it's coal. And then, like, where we're at, a lot of people don't realize this, but Arizona, nuclear, nuclear right? right? And so, and, and a lot of solar. Uh, we're in Arizona. We're, we're fortunate enough to have kind of both of the best, to be honest. And probably a lot of people don't look at Arizona and well, think of... Well, arguably the best. Go listen to a previous episode about the nuclear. Oh, Come yeah. on, man. I'm sorry. Come on. Well, from a renewable standpoint, we have a lot of solar here. <laughs> and power, you know, nuclear up to debate, but I, I, I believe 
you know, it is best. <laughs> um, but it is funny because Arizona, you don't think of Arizona as the pinnacle of energy producing states. No, you wouldn't. Right. And here we are in, you know, I think 70% of our energy grid is nuclear or solar. And then the rest is made up with natural gas to kind of fill in Honestly, gas. man, just, just, I don't want to go too far into this, but maybe it's just kind of the, the layman in me, but I feel like the only people that are known for producing, you know, energy is really Texas and, and probably what the Dakotas. And do any other states have a reputation for, for producing? Well, every energy? state has their own energy. Like, power I, I understand that. But oh. as far as like, you know, well-known, Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I feel like they get, they get all the cred. Yeah. I think the right Dakotas from the, from the pipeline. Oil. And then of course, Texas just being Texas. Cause you know, everything yeah. about Texas cause Texans <laughs> are loud. They make sure they tell you that yeah. hey, you guys don't have gasoline without us processing it all. <laughs> yeah. yeah, probably. And then, um, I would imagine like maybe wind power also. A lot of people don't know this, but California, no, Texas. Oh, I didn't know that. What 20 figured- or 30% of their energy production is all from wind. I would have thought uh, California. Okay. Yeah, which is funny, right? That shows you that there is, it's an under-the-radar thing. Well, actually, does it over does it uh, play into like the overarching picture of this conversation? What's marketing? What's fact? Exactly. Almost, right? Because exactly. I, I, wasn't even, I wasn't even trying to give you a softball you know, spike there. I know. Or and I you thought California, because they probably market there. They better. do. They do. They think that they're very renewable forward. Yeah. We're going to talk about how they just recently passed a law. Um. And, so, and then, of course, the subsequent recommendation after passing that law. We'll talk about that because that's a uh, fantastic, funny that's, thing. That's the most clickbaity thing of this. It is so awesome. Um, Jared, just go ahead and share it because why not? Yeah. So, guys, I'm not going to get into the intricacies of the law. But um, in short, by 2035, California has banned gas-powered vehicles sales, right? And then shortly thereafter, I don't have the exact dates, but just for time's sake, let's just call it a week. It was a week later. That's funny. Okay. So a week later, now the internet, they had their fun with it, right? But the actual wording of it was they recommended people to not charge their vehicles from the hours of 4 to 9 p.m. It wasn't a mandate. It wasn't, you know, anything other than, hey, guys, it'd be great if during these peak times from 4 to 9. And then what obviously made me think of, what, what the heck's a peak time? What it is, is that's when the majority of people are getting off work mm-hmm. and they're cranking down their AC because it's hotter than heck outside and businesses are still open. So you just see a natural spike between that 49. It's very common everywhere, Arizona as well. Yeah. Um, so all that was, was a recommendation. But then all of a sudden I start thinking, you know, the second and third order effects of this. I was like, hey, um, well, how many people are actually utilizing or owning electric vehicles in California, because clearly it has to be a lot. You know, not only are they going to be making this sort of a statement 13 years from today, they're going to be zero gas vehicles allowed to be sold in that state. Hey, I'm assuming that, you know, California, they're, they're marketing their renewable resources. They, they are kind of known for trying to be very green. Yeah. 7%. of people own electric vehicles in California. That's probably the highest market per capita for sure though. Yeah. So, so 10 million people in, in the U.S., but 7% of Californians own. And they have 50 million people, so that's still, you know, 2 million people have electric yeah, I mean, cars. That's uh, a lot of people. A good amount, but, but my point is, is I was hoping it was going to be maybe in like the 50s or 60s, and they just have a couple refinements to do to their, their electric grid. But right now, 7%... People, oh, are, that, that that'll traumatize. If that's that's what in. I'm saying. That's yeah. what scared me. Is yeah. I mean, we're talking a very small percentage of people, and they're already having to make these recommendations. Yeah, and it's probably that's what scared me. If you think about who buys electric vehicles right now, especially in California, probably higher net worth individuals. Of course, right? Well, because um, I mean, dude, electric vehicles are at a premium. I mean, 
you're looking at 100k almost like 70 to 100k for, they are not cheap even if you buy like the lowest in units you're still close to 50k almost oh yeah i mean the the bottom 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 barrel tesla is $48,000 exactly and that's, that's not the dual motor that's not no tires anything. the bottom yeah <laughs> you don't get anything <laughs> I'll say, ironically enough it's an electric vehicle but they don't have power windows you have to hand crank <laughs> Don't want to waste the battery on that. That'd be so funny. No, no electric powered windows or electric door locks. You have to go actually like crank them all. How that would be? That's called an ironic right there. Well, I mean, it's no different than uh, that truck with bulletproof glass, right? Oh yeah. Any right. Well, there were some problems there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so I did, did I miss? It? Did no. I miss any of the the hot topic there? No, no. I think this is perfect. Right. So by 2020, 2035, no more sale of gas cars. There will be all electric. That's fast ramp up time, right? You're asking essentially all of your dealers in the entire state. There's probably, what, a couple thousand car dealers in California to switch over their vehicles. Should we spend a couple minutes talking about that law, though? Do you have a problem with the government saying, hey, gas car manufacturers, I know you've identified a need. I know you can produce them a hell of a lot cheaper, but we're actually going to not let you sell them. Is that kind of the summation of the law? Hmm. Am I, am no, I, no, am no. I wrong? Am no. I overgeneralizing it? Yeah, yeah. I think they're essentially stating that um, gas vehicles can't be sold new. Um, so let me get this straight. So cigarettes can still be sold, and that's clearly harmful to people. But gas vehicles, which today, as we're going to find out, aren't that different from a, a pollution impact. You know what I mean? So, so I, I guess the, the precedent, I don't know where the precedent came from for that type of law. Yeah. And it, and it kind of scares me, honestly. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm, I'm sure there are other precedents, of course, to be well, able to I'm say. I'm not a, law, a lawyer yeah. by any stretch manager. Like, for example, um, like lead-based fuel. That was made, uh, that was regulated illegal, right? So you can't sell fuel with lead in it because it was causing lead poisoning in the air. Lead-based paint. Yeah, exactly. And so there's there are laws stating that you can't sell things anymore. This is just very large because the the replacement for gas vehicles is not... It's not like um, like the lead-based thing. Like, we all know, like, lead-based pain. Like, okay, it's bad. Like, you literally will, you know, get lead poisoning, and you'll die earlier. You'll have mental cognition issues, things like that. Cool. Factual. We all know that. The whole car one versus electric car, and we're going to talk about this, of course, today. It's, it's a little bit more nuanced. Well, what it is is it's almost betting on the come. You know what I mean? So, today. It could be. Yeah, yeah. today. Six in one hand, half a dozen in the other. Yeah. But then tomorrow, it's just going to change our world. Yeah. And, th- and that kind of scares me that we're we're setting laws for pro forma statements almost. Projections, right? <sighs> well, I think most laws are kind of done that way. But this one's <sighs> really weird where you're reaching pretty far out there. And See, I would almost say that laws are almost... You think to fix past mistakes? Like, hey, we, we kind of messed that up. Okay, we need to fix it. I think it's maybe both, actually. How about yeah, that? Okay, yeah. I'll, I'll concede. Yeah, I think it's both. Like, Because you do make laws to kind of guide the country. Like, hey, we don't want to do this anymore. A yeah. um, couple things in the news that I, th- <laughs> I think we're going to talk about real quick. And, <clears throat> and let's just fix this because the marketing right now from these big automakers, GM, you know, Chrysler, uh, Ford, Dodge, all these guys, they're all calling these things zero emissions, 100% carbon neutral, um, what other words? The future is electric. These are the taglines that these guys are coming out. This is not true. Let's just go ahead and say that is not true whatsoever. 
And it, it, it is a marketing gimmick. You're 100% right. And that's why I wanted to, to kind of set, set the tone for this. We need to be talking about the entire lifetime of the car because all these things, why they're not, you know, going to jail for, you know, misleading is because at a certain point, that's when it can become uh-huh. right. Cause the vehicle itself, but it actually, you know, getting the power and all that stuff. That's where we're Cody's kind of talking about. It right would now, be right? like somebody owning a car and putting it in their garage and never driving it. Is that a zero emissions car? It actually is more zero emissions. Right. At that current state. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, right now my car parked in your driveway, that zero is a zero emission. emission car. So it's misleading. And we have to just kind of think of it as a full picture like you're saying. Well, it's no different than our food episode whenever we're talking about 100%. all natural. Exactly. No different. This this is this is apples to apples right now. Hundred percent. Um and what I found out is that companies right now they're they're betting billions of dollars. GM, Chrysler, they've all come out with pretty much mission statements stating that by a certain year, um, you know, GM said that they're going to stop selling petrol-powered and diesel-powered vehicles by 2035. You know, these are companies that have made their entire company off of the internal combustion engine for the last 100 years, and they're going to stop doing that by 2035. Audi in Germany stated 2033. Volkswagen, I think, said by 2030. Um, so all these guys have a, about a 10 to 15-year plan to stop selling gas vehicles. Now, they can do that. I, I don't think there's an issue with a company stating they want to do that versus a state or a country telling them that they can't do it. It's a little bit different, right? Because <clears throat> you can do whatever you want as a I don't know. business. You know what's really interesting to me? Is, is I don't know. This is, this sounds really horrible. You think it's just a marketing thing? And I was right just about to it? say, do you yeah. think this is just for short-term yeah. shareholder value? Because realistically, do you think the current executive team, I'm talking, you know, COO, CEO, you know, their, their executive suite. They're gone. How many of them are going to be around... 15 years from now of all those companies. I, I know. Because look, honestly, one of the flaws of a publicly traded company is you have to continually look at three months at a time. And by that, I mean, you know, the, these quarters, right? Yeah. So for them to have the balls to make all these promises and guarantees and, you know, feel good stories 15 years in advance, knowing that they're likely not going to be responsible or held accountable or held responsible for the problem that, Fast forward 14 years from now, and the current executive team is like, oh my yeah. gosh. Well, am, am I, am I no, pessimistic no. there? Am I onto something? No, I it's know. funny. I, I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking it's so far out. Even even when the governor and legislators in California make this audacious thing, they're not going to be in office in 15 years. Oh, no. The governor can't be, right? And so there's kind of like this thing is like, oh, I'm going to pass the baton to the next guy and good luck in figuring it out. Yep. And I don't think that's a good way of probably doing things because you're essentially setting another team up for failure almost because it's so audacious. Like that's yes. a big goal. So unless you just pretty much do everything possible while you're there to do it. But when you set a goal out 10 years, it's not really a goal. It's an aspiration almost. But, but, but I don't even know. I don't even know if I can give it an aspiration, man, because there's no real metrics along the way. We just arbitrarily threw a dart like, yep, 2035 sounds good. Okay. Well, what about in 2025? What's the goal? What about in 2030? Yeah. What about in 2032? So uh, they are investing a lot of money in this stuff. So they've essentially routed all their R&D budgets to batteries. And so you can see that. So you do see, okay, well, they're investing in batteries. They're buying. The government's spending a lot of money? I can definitely see that. No, yeah. no, no. I was talking about the actual companies. Oh, okay. Got right? It. So you can see this on their balance sheets that they're diverging Okay, money. so now we're talking about the the public health companies yeah. that have made these goals. Okay, yeah. got it. So, you know, like Ford and, and uh, GM, they've actually diverted all their R&D budgets to, you know, not... Internal combustion engine. 100% of the R&D budget? No, no, no. Oh, no, 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 okay. No. So. But a lot of it. Wow. Like billions of dollars. Like, uh, okay, so help help make that, help normalize that for our listeners. Um, 
let's just say it's a billion dollars. Are we talking fifty percent of their R and D budget? Are we talking seventy five? I mean, you know, I don't know, but I bet you it's probably between like thirty and forty. Wow, it's it, it's substantial. Um, GM specifically, they they've and and so much so that they're actually buying a lot of the equipment for the mines to mine cobalt and lithium because those mines don't have a lot a lot of cash flow right now, mm-hmm. and so they're saying, hey, we'll give you the money as like a low interest loan to get the equipment and ramp up your production with the idea that we're going to be buying a lot more in the future. So they, they are almost looking like at it. Almost like a futures contract. Yep, exactly. Um, let's see here. I want to see if there's anything else from recent news. You talked about, uh, of course, California. Okay. No, I'm good with so, the news. I got, what, what do you think of the companies themselves? You know, let's, let's talk about the big three and, and maybe I'm wrong on the big three. Obviously you got to throw Tesla in there. Yeah. Um, I would say Lucid Motors is, is trying to be a disruptor. Mm-hmm. Not yet, but trying to be. Yeah. Um, and then what, Rivion? Rivion. Are, are those, would you say those are the big three, you know, disruptors in the world here? Well, by, you're talking about uh, disruptors, yes, but not by electric vehicle sales. Not not today. Yeah. But as far as, you know, their technologies that they're trying to deploy yeah. and I think by right? electric vehicle sales, it's probably Tesla and then GM. Because they have that Leaf or... Yeah. Right? Isn't it Leaf? I think so. I don't think Lucid and Rivion have sold like more than a couple hundred units. Oh, dude, I I think I've never seen a Lucid on a car. Oh, I'm sorry, on the road, and I think I've only seen two Rivions. Yeah, I think they're still like in like pre-production. So that means that they're not even getting you know units out to buyers yet. So I wouldn't say those guys have actually done anything. They've just been really good at marketing and talking about their stuff. You know, Tesla's actually the number one, of course. And then I think the bigger automakers, they probably have more electric vehicles just because they've had these weird like leaf, like no, Oh, that's Nissan actually Nissan leaf. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. Who's what's, what is the, Oh, the Chevy vault. That's what I was. Volt. Yes. Yes. That's probably like number two or number three. Most units sold, but really other than Tesla, like no one's really done it right. I I would say, what do you think? Like actually gotten cars on the road that are electric. And what, as far as doing it right, I think, I mean, there's, that's a kind of a broad question. Didn't, Tesla only a couple of years ago finally turned a profitable quarter. Well, yeah, it took them like ten years to get there. Yeah, dude. yeah. Um, but that's those big companies. That's how long it takes. You know, I, Amazon, I Apple. Get it. I get it. it takes them ten years to even turn a profit, especially when you're spending so much money on just factories. It's crazy, man. Like all that automation, like it's just so much money in R and D just to get production up, so you can fill orders. The cool thing with them is though that they had so much, so many orders to kind of backflow their cash flow, right? People were just putting, giving them money to. Yeah, hopefully you can give me my car in five years. <laughs> How weird is that, right? Oh, man. Um, so one thing I want to dig into, <laughs> and I watched this TED Talk probably maybe about a year ago, and it just blew my mind because this guy just talks straight facts on the carbon footprint of cars. And I, I actually even downloaded a couple of the graphs here so I could even show them to you. But I think this is great before we even maybe talk about the beer and then we'll maybe get into our opinions about the data. But what he did is he looked at what the average life car lifespan of a car is, which is right about 180,000 miles. Okay. So, you know, usually that's a couple owners, of course, but 180,000 miles is the average lifespan of a car. Over the course of 180,000 miles, the gas user will emit about 30 tons of CO2. So 30 tons of CO2 will go into the atmosphere. This, of course, is the problem right this is the issue this is what people are trying to solve for and they're saying hey that 30 tons of co2 is contributing to greenhouse gases and creating a warming effect in our ozone or our atmosphere where you know we're an average electric vehicle 
using the current power grid in the United States uh, will emit about 15 tons of CO2. So remember in my analogy earlier about the box? Yes, the car emits zero, but you still have to charge it. And I think that's something that's a misconception. I think a lot of electric vehicle either owners or proponents of it kind of forget that there's a power plant down the street that's burning coal or burning natural gas that still is emitting fossil fuels. Mm -hmm. So 15 tons. So you would say that's good. That's a net gain of 15 tons that we're going to have with electric power. That is great. And he said, hey, guys, car versus car over after they're produced, yes. Weird word to use, produce. I was going to say after. So unfortunately, there's a lot of energy that goes into creating um, an electric vehicle. Um, because of the mining operations. Apparently, the mining operations are extremely extensive to get to those kind of rare earth metals like cobalt, lithium, and a whole list of others. The And then compared to a gas car. So a gas car, um, you're going to spend about six tons of CO2 just producing the vehicle. So we're at 36 tons total over the lifespan of that car, right? Mm-hmm. For an electric car that has a, mi- a battery range of 125, so small, small battery, right? Not a Tesla. This is like for one of those Chevy Volts. You're looking at about 12 tons. Okay, so that brings that up to, what is that? It's, uh, 27 tons of CO2. Well, that's pretty dang close. The 30 tons, right? Or 30, mm. 36 tons. Now, if you want one of those nicer electric vehicles that have a little bit longer range, 28 tons of CO2 is emitted before that thing even drives one mile. 28 tons. Plus, of course, the energy grid 15. So now you are at a total of 43 tons of CO2 emitted with an electric vehicle with a battery range of 300 to 400 mile range. Okay, so just for our listeners. Oh, I actually, I want to make sure your, your point is finished. Do you have any more? I have one last component okay, yeah. about hybrids. Okay. And then he says, hey, guys, I'm not trying to demonize electric vehicles. I actually like when they're combined. So uh, hybrid's actually the best of both worlds where you have a low upfront CO2 emission and you see a, uh, a better mileage per mile. And so electric vehicle or hybrids are actually a better deal to have um, overall. So hybrids are, are actually the best impact than, than really kind of a gas vehicle. And then a, I should say, sorry, than a electric vehicle with a low mile range. So like a small battery pack even then a conventional vehicle, and then the large battery pack vehicles, the ones with the, you know, the Tesla dual motor, 350-mile range, those ones are actually the worst for the environment. Totally different than what the status quo is, right? Mm-hmm. So what were you going to say? Sorry. No, no, no. No, I apologize. I didn't, I didn't want to cut you off there. What I just don't want, and, and maybe you can contradict this, but this is, this is kind of where I went in my head on this one, is I don't want to confuse or cloud or dilute the points and arguments with consumerism with EVs versus traditional combustion engine cars. And and why I say that is correct me if I'm wrong, but electric vehicles will last longer. I mean, heck, isn't there a Tesla out there with Mm -hmm. a million miles on it or some crazy thing like that? Yeah. Right. So traditionally combustion engines, that's the average is 180 to where do we know the end of EVs? Yeah, we do. Cause the batteries only last for so long. I didn't know that. Yeah, so all the other components are going to last a lot longer. But you're going to have to replace the battery pack, which what was the most expensive component of the entire thing? Right. And what also led to the most, the most okay. 
battery. Pack. Okay, I, I didn't come across that. I, I didn't research the the life of the battery. Yeah. I just maybe I fell I fell uh, yeah. So they, they I fell subject uh, to this to where I just looked at the longevity of a EV yep. and not necessarily the most not so expensive battery packs. I think on Teslas they're they're averaging between five and eight years, and the main contributing factor to that is the weather that you live in. So if you live in a hot climate like Arizona where batteries do not do well in, we all know that, of course, mm-hmm. here, right? We're replacing batteries here in Arizona every two, three years, right? You know, you're, that means you're like your normal conventional car battery. Your Tesla battery is going to have very significant change. And, and what really happens is you just decrease the volume that it can do. And then you'll end up having a cell go bad. And the problem with most Tesla batteries is that you're actually having to replace the entire pack. You can't, in, you can't replace individual cells. Tesla doesn't recommend that. Um, there are some third parties, of course, that do that, um, and they're kind of gaining some traction. I'm sure that's going to be the route that people go, and that's much more less expensive and also less impactful. Mm-hmm. The problem with those battery packs is you take that thing out, and it's, you know, they say they recycle it and all of that. I was just to say, there, there's, there's, a, there's a couple articles that you can find for recycling lithium batteries. Yeah, yeah. and we talked about this in our trash one. Recycling is a little loosely used, unfortunately. I... And <laughs> for any of our listeners, if you guys want to just fact check this, just type in battery and solar panel landfill in Africa and you'll be disgusted with the what recycling means um, because there is just mounds of solar panels and batteries that get exported out into recycling in quotation plants so Jerry do you want to uh, intro the beer a little bit and talk about it yeah man so uh, guys like I like I introduced this here earlier this is the Phoenix Beer Company's Arizona Gold it's got this really cool interpretation of the Arizona flag that's traditionally, you know, the blue, red, and yellow with the star in the middle. But it, now it's kind of like almost taking this metallic white and silver feel, kind of raised letters on it. I like it. It's a nice, clean-looking can. Um, I'm a big fan of it. Yeah, I like the uh, the nice golden stripe around there. There's actually the real Arizona flag, too. You see yep, that yeah, right yeah I see that at the bottom. Yeah. Um, um, ABV of 5%. There's no real fun story on it, actually. Mm-mm. That's no a story. Um, yeah, but it's actually brewed right here in downtown Phoenix, which is kind of cool. Um, looks like it's based on like a, maybe a, a German Munich. Yeah. Beer. Yeah. I saw a two row Vienna, Munich and wheat. So Where's kind of Vienna is Vienna, Switzerland, Austria, Austria. Uh, yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. So what are you thinking about it? So does this mean it's a wheat beer? I would assume. Is that what that means? Cause gold, um, so I think this is, oh, dude, I didn't even notice about the Phoenix Beer Company. Is yeah, that, isn't that the Phoenix? Oh, that is a Phoenix in combined with a hop. Yeah. How cool. That is neat. I didn't even catch that. Yeah. Um, okay. Dude, this is, this is an honest beer drinker's beer. Uh, to me, I can't, in an hour from now, whenever I'm driving home, I wouldn't be able to tell you one thing that I liked or didn't like about the beer. Okay. This is just pretty solid. I think this is 2-6. Uh, Two six beer all day long. I, I think it's nothing memorable, but you know, I, I would drink it again. It's funny. I was thinking two eight. I was okay, thinking, I was thinking it's below average. Like I would say it's right below average. Like it, it's good beer, but it's not like it's like I won't remember anything about it, good or bad. I probably wouldn't order it. I got a bar like twice. Um, if it was ordered for me, I, I wouldn't turn it down. But you, would you turn down any beer at the bar? Yes, man. What was that nasty ass one we had a Yeti. few? Was it Yeti? Yeti. We couldn't even finish it all. It's still in my fridge, guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. You need to pawn it off to somebody that you don't like that much that comes to your house. I know, but I don't invite anyone that I don't, don't like, like over you. to my house. I know, right? 
<laughs> that's kind of the bitch of it. Give it to a neighbor. Okay. Oh, I got a couple neighbors I give it to. So two eight two six um, Phoenix Beer Co. Guys, not not a bad uh, can. Not oh, a bad cool brew. can. I think yeah, not a bad brew. I'd recommend it if you guys want to try something out. Maybe if it is in your local store or whatnot, but definitely always support a local company. Yeah, yeah, give it a try. But I don't know if I'm buying a six pack and drinking it all. Nope. Okay. Um, let's talk about the uh, the minerals required. Did you did you come across this? I mean, I know about the cobalt, but as far as minerals, yeah, like, no, I don't think I like the challenge with the minerals. So one thing that keeps on kind of popping up as people talk about electric vehicles is, do we have enough even to do this? Mm. Do we even have access to enough of these, you know, because the, the, the idea here is what's pushing electric vehicles, two things. One of them, hey, we're going to run out of fossil fuels and all of a sudden all our cars are going to stop working tomorrow, you know, in some period of time. Or it's going to warm the planet. We're all going to die from, you know. Extreme weather. Exactly. So those are, that's what's pushing this push. So, okay, well, let's go to electric cars. But if we took every single vehicle on the road right now and threw it in the trash and replaced it with electric vehicle, is there even enough minerals on the planet to make those batteries? Hmm. And right now the question is, we don't know. The answer is nobody knows because these minerals are not really mined exclusively for batteries. They're, they're like byproducts on those. So like cobalt, you don't mine cobalt. It's a, it's a byproduct of copper mining. Right, and so it's not really like there's like cobalt mines other than one point one area in in the whole world. <clears throat> the, the Democratic Peoples of Congo, or how do you say that country's name? The Congo, right? I thought it was the Republic of Congo. That's it. The Republic yeah. of Congo. I'll say, man, you threw me off. With that. Okay, yeah, I thought it was the Republic of Congo. Yeah, so the okay. Republic of Congo. And it, but the only reason <clears throat> is I know they changed their names because they had like a big yeah. uh, thing in the '90s. So that's where apparently like seventy percent of all cobalt is located. Now, guess who owns all of those mines and the processing of those mines? Oh, I don't know. China. Oh, interesting. So China owns almost all of that and has pretty much provided extra uh, loans and all that to to that country. They also own mines in Chile and Australia as well. This is where it gets a little funky because, and I always I always look at it, I'm like, okay, is there is there a position that somebody's trying to put themselves in long term? Because if I control all of the battery supply long-term, do I control now all the economies, especially if everybody's relying on electric vehicles? That's a pretty strong position to be in, right? You're kind of like in Saudi Arabia's position where, yeah, we don't really care what you do with your own people. Go ahead and just keep on producing oil. And so it's kind of like what China might be doing here. I'm thinking about it. I'm like, "Eh, why would they invest so much in these cobalt things when cobalt's not really like a, it's not that bad. And they did this in the early 2000s and 90s when electric vehicles were not even a thing. Mm. I'm wondering if there was almost like, hey, let's make this a thing. Now that we own this coal, these cobalt mines, let's make sure that long term. Make it a scarce resource almost. Make it, make it desirable, right? Make it not, not only scarce, but also make it so that there is this reason to buy electric vehicles. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know why I said scarce. I meant yeah. desirable. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Like, mm. create the demand. I, I literally, that you just took the expression out of my mouth. Yeah. Create the demand. Own the supply, create the demand. Hmm. Like, like a drug dealer almost. Like, with a new drug, like fentanyl right now in Arizona, right? Like, hey, shit, this stuff's really, really cheap. Yeah, it kills a bunch of people, but let's just make sure that people get hooked on it. 
I wonder if China has done anything like that. What do you, what do you mean? Is that a little too conspiracy thinking right there or what? You think there's any way that they would have said, hey, let's buy these mines and create a demand for electric vehicles and just slowly push it 10, 20, 30 years out? Do I think it's too conspiracy is the question, and the short answer is going to be no. Okay. I mean, it's no secret that, you know, China is really trying to expand its power and really, they, they want to be the guys uh-huh. right across the world. How would you become the guys if you don't have oil? Because they don't have any oil reserves. So all of a sudden they create an entire new industry. And guys, China's borderline infamous for their long-term planning. They are okay with being neutral today, but winning 20 years from now. Oh yeah. Right. I mean, that's just kind of the, that's our Chinese mentality mentality, right? Is, is they don't need immediate wins. They want to kick your ass a decade from now, two decades from now. So your story, I mean, this isn't some black hole conspiracy theory. Like you, you, uh, you, you read on a Twitter line, right? This is, it actually has merit just because of their, I mean, what, with those Chinese islands, just trying to, you know, claim maritime law over certain resources, right? So. Interesting, right? It has merit, man. It has merit. I think it's too far down a rabbit hole at all. Yeah. I think it's very interesting. So there's one essential <laughs> component that for batteries, and it's cobalt, right? That's essential. Lithium, you can actually replace with a couple other things. Nickel, you need, of course. But really, um, cobalt's the item. And if you know that you have no cobalt in your region, but you know that there are some very volatile areas that need money in Africa that own almost all the world supply of cobalt. Let's put a bunch of money in there, own it, own the mines, own the processing of it, control the leaders. So actually China's starting to get a little aggressive with the leadership changes in, in uh, uh, the Congo. Well, Go ahead. It's just so interesting because, you know, as I'm, as I'm listening to you right now, the only reason why the Middle East has any sort of relevance at all for the last couple hundred years oil is oil and not even a couple hundred. Um, th- that's it. That's really their only relevance and importance. You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to be mean here, but th- that's really their only world worldly value is their oil supply. What do you think about this? What is something that Americans kind of think is a, a little bit of a black eye in the last 20 years with our involvement with the middle East? Yeah. The, 9-11 terrorist attack and going like going over there going and to war, yeah. yeah but a lot of people think it was because of the control of oil in afghanistan and iraq right uh, yeah i mean there's, now now we can really get into a black hole in this no no, no i know but okay. some people believe there's like some there's like hey you know what we went there to make sure that there was we had a better relationship with those guys we want to put it in our own person we didn't like saddam hussein all these different things right yeah and i'm wondering well maybe this is exactly what china's just doing but with batteries instead of oil it's very similar like there's there's some tracks right of course yeah, yeah. i see the logic yeah. there um, but anyway, so I want to bring that up. And so just to give you an idea. Um, so unfortunately <laughs> we do have cobalt here in the U S and Trent Mel, who's the CEO of Electra. He's a, it's a company out of cobalt that does, or sorry, out of Canada that is, um, mainly a, um, a mining and what do they call them when they go look for for minerals? They're kind of like a mineral searching company where they go like do surveys. Mm-hmm. So he's the CEO of this company that does this. So they go out, they look for minerals in certain areas, and then they try to apply for yeah, a permission to mine. Essentially, don't say little take like a core, core sample. samples. Yep, yeah. very expensive, right? Because you literally just have to do core samples everywhere, 
and you have to bring out your equipment and you have to dig down, you know, whatever, a thousand feet down and do these core samples. Very expensive to do with very little payoff. Such a guessing game too. Exactly. The only payoff is if you actually strike what you're looking for. Yes, exactly. So that's what he does. And and he said, hey guys, we do actually have some cold uh, cobalt deposits in Idaho, like that we are aware of. That's the only part of America that we are aware of in, in the U.S. But unfortunately, it's all on U.S. Forest Service land. And it's pretty much impossible to mine there. So here's this kind of catch-22 situation. <clears throat> Americans are really, really pushing right now uh, for electric vehicles because they believe they're better for the environment. But they don't want you mining those minerals here in America. Tell me that right there is a little bit of a hip- hypocritical type of view. Like, hey, yeah, you guys can do all the dirty stuff over there in your country, but we want to take advantage of the cars over here. I mean, I wouldn't, I would say that's classic America right now. hundred percent. I mean, with, oh, it's really expensive to manufacture this shit on American soil. Why don't you go do it over there, China? Thanks. Are you guys using um, children labor or slave labor? I don't care. Just don't make me aware of that. Yeah, don't show me photos. Yeah. So I think this is something interesting. Uh, That's a play that we've ran. How many many times over? Yeah, 50, 60 years. Ever since we've started industrializing China, really, right? I mean, that's, unfortunately... It's similar. That's no new news. But anyone that's relatively informed about how America does business on a global scale, that's no new news. That's no new news. I know. But what I don't like is is that, hey, let's position these electric vehicles as good for the environment, but not good enough for us to actually produce the minerals to make those cars here. So really, we don't actually think that producing those vehicles is actually good for the environment if we don't even allow for the mining of them. So there's kind of like this, if you kind of back engineer the vehicle and you get to a point of where like, Oh, we can, we don't actually allow to do that here. Cause it's not against our environmental standards. Well, that really means that that car doesn't fill the environmental impact that you're, you're saying it does. And so that's one of those, I'm like, ah, again, guys, this is a little bit of those gray area of, well, well not necessarily because there is a cost, right? It's not like, Oh, we, we know it's in Idaho. Okay. Let's just go drill right there. I mean, you even said, you know, this coring sample and then of course yeah. the infrastructure that's needed to actually mine it. To where, now granted, I don't actually know the economics of Congo right now, but I can only assume labor, time, materials, etc. are a hell of a lot cheaper there. So today, it is likely, like a pound of cobalt is a lot cheaper for us to land in the U.S., in, in all these various plants, whether it's, you know, Tesla's... Oh, I see you saying cost-wise? That's what I'm saying right now. Today, I, I think it's an economics decision. I, I think... I think your decision is valid. I'm sorry. I think your logic there is valid, but I think it's an economic, an economical decision right now. Am I am I wrong? Mining's a weird one. Um, so the Congo is one of the hardest areas to reach in all of like the world. Very austere, almost. It's austere in the middle of Africa. There's no major roads in and out. There's no shipping lanes. There's no big rivers. Like you're trucking. So it's actually that's a really hard area to get stuff out. Now they are using child labor. So that makes, of course, costs really cheap to remove these items. Um, and they have a lot of black eyes around this. Like the, a lot of the industry is really upset with the Congo. And, but the problem is like you can't control how another nation does our stuff. They're using you know, eight and nine-year-olds in mines to remove these materials. Yeah. Um, I'm not talking about you know, the, the, the sympathy yeah. aspect. I'm talking about the Economics. physical dollar. I, I don't think it's actually um, that much cheaper. Really? Because I know mining. I mean, I thought it would be. Yeah. So I know mining here in America is actually fairly cheap once the operations is up and running. 
But didn't we talk about this in an earlier episode as far as, you know, you have to think about this. If I'm an investor. 30 year mine. That's what I'm saying, man. Yeah. So that's why it's so difficult to get capital. So yeah. once you've got the infrastructure, yes, I'm, I'm all for you. But getting that infrastructure in place, I mean, we're talking tens of millions of dollars. Yeah. And <clears throat> But if it's cobalt, we already know that people are going to move towards electric vehicles. There's laws already in place. So the, the investors are there. The money is there. The reason that this is not going to happen is because government regulators won't allow for it to happen. Because they say it's against EPA standards. It's against forced land use service prob uh, problems. And so that's what I'm stating is the issue is just getting around the permitting uh, is the actual issue. Hmm. I don't know if the, I, don't, I think the economics would play off, pl play out that's well actually. But anyways, I wanted to bring that up. Just no, because, no, valid point. Yeah. Valid point. Um, let's see if there's anything else in here that was interesting. Oh, dude, this is so crazy. <laughs> this other guy I was watching, he asked the question to the audience. Who do you think produces more CO2? A Corvette driving, gas-powered, or a horse, mile for mile? 100% a horse. <laughs> They're the exact same. Oh, really? I would have thought 100% a horse. So uh, it's the exact same. So a horse, riding a horse, and a Corvette driving around, they produce the exact same amount of CO2. Now, here's the issue there. You know, all of a sudden you're like, well, should we get rid of horses? Well, I just would have thought with the methane that it emits, with all the yeah. food that it takes in, with the energy that it you takes to create the food. You know what? I don't know if that was all taken into account, but... Oh, that's that's why I went there. I wasn't trying to be a jackass yeah. on your analogy. I just thought with, yeah. you know, a horse is going to be around for, you know, 30 years, right? Maybe, maybe, but mile for mile, they probably don't drive as much. Like, horses yeah. probably don't cover as many miles as Corvettes Well, do. that's why I thought it takes so much more effort for a horse to go a mile versus a Corvette. And that's why they do emit a lot of CO2. A lot of people would probably not think that. Right, a lot yeah. of people would probably think, "Oh, cars are way more worse for the environment than a horse is because a horse is part of the environment." Mm -hmm. But the issue there is that um, I, I just remember that those little fun facts because whenever we were talking about the whole meat and you know emitting oh, yeah. methane from yeah. cows and stuff like that, exactly. Um, the problem there is that unfortunately the the CO two that the horse uses is or oxygen and horse there's like a cycle for it. It breathes in oxygen. The CO two goes out into the environment. The plants eat it. There's you know, a cycle. I'm so glad that you just mentioned that, that plants thing, because I actually wanted to make that point this time. Oh, I'm sorry, during this podcast. We are labeling as CO2 is such a horrible, horrible thing, but do you realize if we removed CO2, we would all be, I think the technical term is fucked. Oh, entirely? Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, every plant needs CO2. That's, that's what I'm saying. And then, obviously, what do plants emit? Oxygen. Yeah. <laughs> right? They do the exact opposite of what we do. Exactly. Yeah. So everyone talks about like, oh my gosh, we just need to get rid of all CO2. Yeah, I think- You're we, screwed. Well, I think the argument is-, is The extremists should, are literally saying we need to eliminate CO2. Well, I think eliminate increasing CO2. Okay. A little bit different. Like we can keep the same amount of CO2 in the atmosphere. We just don't want to increase the production of it. Sorry. That, no, no, don't, don't okay. apologize. But that bothered me with a couple different articles. There were, there were some people that are being quoted in videos that I was okay. reaching. I was like, oh, you just want to get rid of all CO2. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, what's another interesting thing that I brought to bring up here? Um, I already brought up um, China pretty much controls all the metals required, states Bloomberg for batteries. It's funny, it, he, he quote, he says, it's weird, China did not win the geological lottery like some countries like America with most of their materials or oil supply. They just have happened to invest in areas rich in these deposits over the last 30 years. Well, that goes back to our point. China 
Dude, they play the long game. But now, it's easy to play the long game in a non-democracy, right? Yeah, democracy. Like, you don't have to worry about people exactly. electing you. Exactly. Like, you don't, like, the whole thing about we, the, how we started this whole thing was is that Ch- uh, California um, is making this law for somebody else to take care of, you know, in 10 years. They actually have to worry about that because they might be still in power yeah. in 20 years. Yeah. Right? Like, their current president's been into power for 15 years. And he's loved because he actually makes a lot of change and he follows through with everything he says. But the battery- because well, he has the power. Total power. Yeah, total power. Like business power. Uh, what doesn't he have? Authoritarian power. Honestly, <laughs> God power. He has God power in China, yeah. which is pretty crazy. Um, okay, so we are in our last beer Third right beer. now. Yep. Um, how do you feel about electric vehicles? Uh, let's just say at face value. <sighs> face value first and then we'll dive in deeper into like the- Mechanics of it. I'm pro. You like them? Yeah. Today I, I'm, I'm pro. I like them too. Yeah, I'm pro. Um, jealous as hell over them. That fact that they passed me in the HOV lane whenever you and I aren't riding together. Um, so jealous of them. I, I'm pro right now. It's funny because I think a lot of our listeners probably this whole time we've been beating them up. Talking about all the things. Mm-hmm. They probably didn't anticipate that one. Yeah. I like them. I think a company, if they want to build something cool and sell it, I think it's cool. Oh, I'm all for that. I'm all for it. You identify a need? The only thing I'm not pro for is the... Misleading? I don't even care about that. That's good marketing. I don't like the... I don't... <laughs> Classic sales guy. Right there. Good marketing. Classic sales guy. I don't like the government providing tax rebates and tax credits to, for the purchasing of them. Thousands of dollars. Seventy five hundred right now. Thousands of dollars. Seventy five hundred dollars for a credit. Did you see that? You know what's actually really funny is uh, so as you know I was in the market for a new car and of course like most people I would say they, you know the Teslas of the world piqued their interest right so I went on Tesla dot com and and built it and they literally have it factored into your price the rebate yep. the tax credit yeah I know well the best thing is my favorite story when that that new law just got passed. Uh, the Inflation Reduction Act. There is a clause in there that provides $7,500 to automakers that have had less than Tesla's success. So the funny thing is, is like Tesla doesn't get this extra rebate, but Ford, GM, Chrysler, everybody else gets it, except for Tesla. How does that impact inflation? Calm down, calm down. So they're going to give back a a credit of $7,500. The next day, I don't know, Let's just say the next day, um, Ford raises their Ford Lightning F-150 price. I guess how much? $7,500? That's a weird random number to pick, isn't it? They raise the price of Ford by $7,500 because they assume that now the customer has an extra $7,500 for free. So when I see that, all that means is that a taxpayer is now subsidizing somebody that wants to take the risk on or or has the cash to buy a Lightning, Mm -hmm. which is already, what, an $80,000 truck? Yeah. Right? They're crazy. So oh, Rivions, those are kind of trucks. Freaking yeah. what? Hundred plus thousand? Oh my god. Someone told me they were like 125. I haven't looked this up. Okay. I've heard Rivions are like 125. I know Lucid start at a hundred. You know, Tesla is the bare bones one start at fifty. Yeah. And so I look at it too. I'm I'm pro the businesses making it. I'm fine. Heck, Elon Musk has revolutionized the car industry. 
right? He's made, he's created pressure. Heck, he's the first person to create an auto company in the U.S. for 100 years. That's weird to think about. There's no new auto companies that were created since Dodge and yeah, Ford. You, you can't get like a 1999 Tesla. No. So he created a whole brand new American-based, American-manufactured, which is even cooler because not a lot of cars are even made here in America anymore, right? Even Fords. And, I was going to say, I was just in Detroit this week. Yeah. Right? They're made in Mexico. They're made in other countries now, and they're brought across the border. But he's actually making them here. Um, I'm all right with it. Like, I get it. There's there's consequences to them. Um, the only thing I don't like is when the government gets involved with kind of providing incentives or regulating when a competitor can't sell their cars. Right? I don't like that they're going to, like in California, say, hey, even though you really want to build the coolest, badass charger or whatever it is, Challenger, nope, got to be electric. As a buyer, I should have the choice, and if the electric car is truly better, I would just buy the electric car. Man, you know what's crazy about that? How many, and damn it, I wish I would have got on this on my own because I don't have the figures in front of me or, or by memory. How many gas stations do you think there are in California? 10,000. Probably. In what? Probably what? Four to five FTE at each? Yeah. You know, total staff. 40, 40 to 50,000. Employees. Because, guys, the majority, I know one of the biggest knocks is, oh, well, um, you know, with only it being 200 miles to the, to the charge, how can I get back to work? Well, 85% of Americans' household drive under 100 miles a day. All of the major electric cars can last over 100 miles today. And the the common way of charging them isn't at these supercharger stations or the gas stations, if you will. It's in your home. In your garage. You, you plug it in every night. Or you can plug it in every night. Just like that, you wipe out a lot of people's jobs. And, and these aren't exactly, you know, white-collar jobs, right? I mean, these are, you know, kind of lesser lesser income. Well, lesser desirable jobs too, right? There's not like there's like those people are, are doing this job because they really want to. It's probably because they need it. I mean, they're, they're making 12 probably. bucks an hour, 10 bucks an hour. Exactly. And well, I think in California, Working 15. 24-7 hour shifts, right? Yeah, I don't know what the job would be for those folks. Maybe, I don't know, because there's not a replacement. It's not like those gas stations. That's not really talked about is is yeah. the wiping out of, I mean, across, across the nation, I bet there's. Now, I don't. Half a million gas stations? I know you bring this up a lot. I've, I have i don't think I've said this. I'm not really a proponent of stopping an industry from getting created based on the job loss. No, I'm not. Okay. I'm not. I'm not for that. Okay. I'm not for the government mandating that these companies get eradicated. Yeah. That's what I'm not for. Yeah. When the government says, hey, guys, um, all these cars have to be a certain type. Look. And you won't have a job tomorrow. If a business goes out because of their own, you know, mismanaging of strategy, funds, human capital, et cetera. I'm okay with that. Okay, I'm not okay with that. I don't don't want that. But that's America. That's capitalism. What I'm not okay with is daddy government and mommy government saying, nope, you can't do that anymore. And then by 2036, you're screwed. And this happened. We, we, I think all business owners probably realize that this is something that the government actually just did to us in 2020 when they created lockdowns. And... How many restaurants don't exist anymore? You know, how many mom and pop, you know, convenience stores don't Hell, exist anymore? Dry cleaners because no one's going in the office, so no one needs to dry clean their suits anymore. Exactly. All these places just got eradicated. 
to no fault of their own exactly. strategy. Exactly. You can't you can't build into your strategic plan. Oh, what if the government says all non-essential businesses shut down? Yeah, the only place that has to build that into their their plans is China. China's like, well, the government can just shut me down tomorrow yeah. instantly. So, so thank you for making me clarify that. I am not saying, oh, we should just protect and love everyone. I'm not saying that. What I am gotcha. saying is that's not fair to no fault or no wrongdoing of their own. It is some law that was passed without their consent, without their control. Or I'm sorry, input or, or potential potential opinion. I mean, that, yeah. that's not right. So I think we both are saying, hey, you know what? Go buy an electric vehicle if it's right for you. Heck yeah, you should have the choice gonna, to do if it. If you can afford it, sure. Give you the choice to do it. It's fun, exciting, if it works for you, right? Um, maybe it doesn't work for your family. Maybe you have a family of 10. Does any electric vehicle fill 10 people? No. You're buying a, a, a Dodge Caravan or something larger, right? So guess what? It doesn't work for every family. And how does that work in California? Are you just not allowed to have a family of a certain size now? That's interesting to think about, right? Who thought about that one? Hey, what about the semi-truck drivers? Do they have to have electric vehicles? Because by 2035, that may still not be possible. So there's all these things that kind of like unintended, you know, consequences as always. Well, you know what's going to suck, man? Is all that's going to happen. Whenever stupid laws are made. Workarounds. No, no different than, you know, the COVID vaccinations. There was a massive spike and increase in fake vaccination cards. Yep. Right? Good, bad, or different, whatever your stance is, that's not what my point is. My point is whenever stupid laws are made, you get stupid loopholes. How many freaking dealerships are going to be the around border. the Arizona border? Oh, yeah. On the border. These little border towns that have been non-existent are going to have a market because if you go hit a nine iron 100 yards away, I bet your ass there's going to be a Ford dealership, a Chevy dealership, a GM dealership, all these gas producing, a Volvo dealership for 18 wheelers. Like, that's what makes me so mad, guys. Like, it's creating It's creating like kind of these barriers for no reason. And it costs everybody more money in the end because now I got to travel to that dealership. That dealership's got to like deal with extra, you know, Arizona laws or whatnot instead of California now. Weird stuff, right? Um, and what's funny is because there's going to be some hellbent people out there that no, I'm gasoline, I'm diesel. And so, unfortunately, these damn car manufacturers not only are they going to have to increase their price because the shipping costs to get to these border towns that traditionally don't have the infrastructure to support that. That's going to obviously increase. And then just because of the sheer supply is, I'm sorry, the demand with the limited supply, right? It's just going to, the consumers are going to pay. And that's what sucks. To no fault to their own. Again, I'm okay if just by sheer disruption, innovation, market need, I'm okay with that. If the prices rise, prices fall, be that as it may. What I'm not okay with is government telling me or telling the American people, hey, this is what you're doing now. Do you think the prices of used cars go up? <laughs> so if I'm in California and it's 2033, should I start collecting a bunch of highly desirable low mileage vehicles with the anticipation to sell them in 2035 or sorry, 2025, right? No, 2035. 2035, 2035 yeah. 2036. And now I have 10, 15, 20 of these Let's just say the most desirable vehicle for businesses specifically is going to be like an F-150. I was just going to say trucks, yeah. Okay? So if I go ahead and have a bunch of F-250s, right, diesel trucks. Put them in a the garage for 10 years? Yeah, and, and you know, have them at low mileage. Not 10 years. I'd probably buy them all right at the very end because I, would, I wouldn't want them just sitting. No one wants sitting vehicles. They're not good. And so I just have them for maybe a year or two, right, prior to shutoff. 
can I go ahead and charge a, a $10,000, $20,000 premium for those vehicles because they're necessary for business operations for all the farmers and for all those folks that didn't have the ability to, and don't have the ability. If you're in the middle, if you're in middle of Ventura County, California, and you're, you're doing almond farming, do you have, you know, electric charging stations? Probably not. Right. And maybe you have, maybe you have the capacity to do it at your, on your farm with, to some extent. I don't know, you might have a hundred thousand acres of land. I don't know what, how many acres of land you have, but you have a huge amount of land that you're covering every single day. You probably are using it fuel. And so I'm just wondering, like, is there going to be some type of huge market potential for used vehicles? I bet there will be like a little bit of a, like a black market almost. I could see that, but also how the hell are you going to, because I'm assuming, I don't think, by the end of 2035, 2036, I don't think December 31st, there won't be a single gas station. That's not what I'm saying, guys. I'm not. A, oh, no, yeah. all the used cars. There's so many a lot of used cars. Clearly. Yeah. But what I am saying is let's fast forward to 2045 then. How many gas stations are still around? How many gas stations are around? What? So, so these old collectible, you know, 1969 fastback you're Corvette like, badass one gas cars. gas station per city? How? So what? Do we just have these giant... $50,000 paperweights in our cars now? In our garages, I'm sorry? Yeah, but that, that that happens. There's like specific, like some race vehicles and things like that take special fuel. I don't think that's going to be a problem. I'm not saying a race vehicle. I'm talking about I the know. damn cars in your driveway right now. I, I know, but like unleaded fuel, like 87 fuel, there will be places that sell that just at a, at a premium cost point. Yeah. I don't think that's going to be the issue. Mm-hmm. Um, as we wrap this thing up, we started the whole thing saying, hey, EVs, are they good for the planet? And, or is it just a marketing gimmick? I think the taglines, fake. We both agree? Yep. All fake. Yep. They're 100%. They do have emissions. They do have They do have a carbon footprint. That is fake. Today they do, yes. Yeah. Um, marketing gimmick a little bit? Yes. A lot of it. A lot of it. A lot of it. Uh, are they better for the environment? I think that's kind of to, gray to, area. Today? Yeah. I'm, and I'm okay with gray. Yeah. Look. If we want to, you know, create innovations and we're going to incentivize the disruptors of the world, we need that. I mean, that that's that's what kind of makes the world kind Better. of fun to be a part of, right? Heck yeah, heck yeah. But I don't know if today I can honestly say I think it's six in one hand, half a dozen in the other. These people that are driving the Teslas and the Volts of the world that are just these social justice warriors, you know, trying to save, yeah. save the environment one car purchase at a time. Go back to our consumerism episode, guys. Um, I, I don't know if it's any different than buying a sedan versus buying a, like a, a Tesla sedan. And, and as the data shows us from our carbon footprint, footprint. Um, so, you know, actually the best purchase okay you could do it. is a used vehicle. Because you reduce another vehicle getting created. Imagine that's correct. that. Yeah. I bet somebody buying a Tesla did not want to hear that. That's for sure. <laughs> hey, you really want to do your part? Buy a used Tesla. 180,000 <laughs> uh, mile vehicle. It's yeah. the, one, the one that's going to get thrown away. Okay, guys. Really appreciate you guys listening. Uh, give us a like on wherever you guys li- uh, are listening to your podcast. Apple, uh, Spotify, Amazon, Google. Give us a like. Uh, we also were trying to get a couple more um, ratings on there. So, you know, stamp the five star. Leave us a comment. Shoot us over a DM on Instagram for new episodes. 
we have a pretty good list, but um, want to get some you know new ones on the block that maybe me and Jared or other listeners have not put in. So send us over a comment. We'd love to add you. Have a good rest of your day, guys. See you. Thanks, guys.